All right, we've been looking at the Feast of Pentecost and its fulfillment in Christ for the last uh, two or three weeks, and we'll probably look at it another uh, couple of weeks before we move on, at least a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll just see as, uh, as the time goes. Um, I, I'm not going to try to get in a hurry with it. I hope uh, it, it really ministers to our hearts and minds in regard to Pentecost and what it means in Christ. And in Pentecost, uh, in well, in Acts 2, that refers to the day of Pentecost fully coming, it refers back to Joel 2. We've read for the last two or three weeks Acts 2. Uh, so I'm just going to go to Joel and uh, start at verse 23 in Joel 2. The Bible says here, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he have given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Now, that really jumped out at me, never be ashamed. Verse 27, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. Listen to that. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit. And I shall show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So when, when you look at a text like this, there's a lot to break down. But this is directly what Peter said. This is that spoken of the prophet Joel. When, when Peter began to de declare Christ on the day of Pentecost, he referred them back to the prophet Joel. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. So this is... This is what Joel said. When Joel had declared the former rain and the latter rain, when Joel had declared the, that you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, this is that. This is the fulfillment of Joel's declaration, is what Peter was declaring in, in the book of Acts that in the last days, and we talked about this last week, the last days of that, that old covenant, God poured out his spirit upon all flesh. Now, one way of viewing all flesh is, is that he poured his spirit out on every man. 
That's one view. Another view to consider is that he poured out his spirit to where it's not only on the Jews, because up until the coming of the Lord Jesus, the covenant with God was with the Jews. So when, when you look at all flesh, all flesh could, could speak that the spirit was now available to, to Jew and Gentile. Just a thought. Not saying that's right or wrong. It's just a thought out there because a lot of people say, well, God has poured his spirit up on, out upon every man. Not sure that it means that, not sure that it doesn't. So some, some of these things, we just have to ask the Lord and allow the Lord to guide us, to teach us, to show us, right? To, to make known what is true. But, in, but I want us to pay particular attention to you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. The Israelites were looking for a day when they would know that God is in their midst. Why, why is that so important to the Israelites? Because if you read their history, they had a day where the Spirit of God, where God dwelled in the temple in Jerusalem, that they actually saw God come in a cloud and a fire, and inhabit the temple. They had a day, a glorious day, a glorious time, where the Israelites were in type and shadow. They were in the presence of God. Now, God wasn't in them, but the presence of God was in their midst. And that, that was what the Ark of the Covenant actually represented, the presence of God who was in their midst. So that day was, was out there in Israel in their past. And so when God is saying, you shall know that I am in the midst, I'm sure if an Israelite read this, they were thinking back to that day. They were thinking back to the days of the old covenant when God came in the cloud, in the fire, and dwelt in the temple. Now, in this word, uh, in the midst here means inward part, midst, midst among, before, bowels, heart. So it's it's in like, you, you know, like in you. I will come and I will dwell in the midst. They're going to know. All right. Zechariah 2. Zechariah 2 says, Verse 9, for behold, I will shake mine hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants. And you shall know the Lord of hosts have sent me. Sing and rejoice, all daughter of Zion, for lo, I am come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. Now, this is not the same word, but it's similar. It's the center. It's like something bisected. He's saying, Lo, I will come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord, and many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of thee. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee, and the Lord shall inherit Judah his portion in his holy land, and he will choose Jerusalem again. 
Be silent, all, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. So here again, God is declaring that there's a day that's coming where he will be in the midst. Now, back to Acts 2. Back to Acts 2. Acts chapter 2, where we've been, what happened? When the day of Pentecost was come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound as a rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they, they were sitting, and there appeared unto them tongues parting asunder like as a fire, and it set up on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What happened here? God came into the midst. Just, just like he said, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst. Now, what's interesting when you take the Feast of Pentecost is the Feast of Pentecost itself is in the midst. If you look at the Lord saying to the Israelites that they shall appear before me three days, and we've talked about this, how in Passover there's three days or three feasts in one feast. And then when you get over in Tabernacles, the same thing. You have the, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And in between those feasts, in the midst of them, is Pentecost which Pentecost, I believe, signifies God in your midst. He's now in your midst. And this is what Jesus said in John 14. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day ye shall know. Now this sounds a whole lot like what we read in Joel. You shall know. At that day, the day of the coming of the Spirit of God, you shall know that I am in my Father. You in me, and I in you. Here, here's, here he is in the midst again. At that day, at, at that day, the day when Pentecost had fully come, right? At that day, there came a sound from heaven as a, as a rushing mighty wind, which was the spirit of truth. And Jesus is saying, the spirit at the day the spirit of truth comes, you're going to know that I am in my Father. You're going to understand where he is. And you're also going to understand where you are. 
That's what the spirit of truth is going to do because many nations shall be joined to the Lord. Now, if I, if I get a hold of this, that's what Jesus is declaring in John 14, 20. At that day, you'll know I am in my Father, ye and me, and I'm in you. I'm joined to the Lord. Amen. Can we see that? We're joined to the Lord. At the day of the coming of the Spirit of God, that we would know that we're in him, and he is in us. That's what he says. And he, and he goes on here and he says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not a scared Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's how you're going to know. That's how Jesus is going to manifest himself to us. That's, that's how you're going to know you're in him. It's through him manifesting himself to you. See, if he doesn't manifest himself to you, how do you know you're in him? The apostle John declares that we know we are in God. How? Because he's given us his spirit. So the spirit causes us to know. Do we all see this? That's the purpose of the spirit is to cause us to know. And in the Bible, in the Old Covenant, there is a ton of God's dealing with the coming of the Spirit of the Lord. When you, when you start reading the book of Ezekiel, when you go into the book of Isaiah, you're going to see God speaking about the coming of the Spirit of the Lord. Well, on the day of Pentecost, guess what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came. And he came to dwell in the midst of Israel. Now, Israel's no longer a piece of property in the Middle East. In fact, if you go back for a moment in your, in your heart and your mind, Israel was never, per se, the real estate. Now, the real estate become, came to be called Israel. But the Israelites were possessing the real estate that was the land of Canaan. So they were Israelites before they ever possessed the land. Do we follow that? And Israel was one man, Jacob. One man, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And then God saw all the sons of Jacob, as Israel. So they all bore his name. So the whole kingdom of Israel began to bear Jacob's name. And God defined Israel as Israel is my son. That's how God defined Israel. Israel is my son 
even my firstborn. So that's God's definition of Israel. And so God's son and firstborn was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. So the Israel of God are those that are in Jesus Christ. Is that simple? That's God's Israel. That's God's kingdom. That's God's land of possession. That's the inheritance of the Lord are those that are in Christ. Glory to God. It's, it's really, really that simple. If we get a hold of it by the Spirit of God, that Israel was a man and became a many-member body, and that was speaking of the true Israel, which has now come in the person of Jesus Christ. And so God has, by His Spirit, come into the land of Israel which is the church. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So he's fulfilled his word here that, lo, I come and I will dwell in the midst of thee. Now, turn to Ezekiel 43, because he dwells in us in a very particular way. Ezekiel 43 says, verse 1, Afterward, he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw, when I came to destroy the city, and the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Chabar. And I fell upon my face, and the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate, whose prospect is toward the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. And I heard him speaking unto me out of the house, and the man stood by me, and he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever, and my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, nor neither they nor their kings by their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of the kings in the high places. So here, God comes to Ezekiel. And if you read the book of Ezekiel, it deals with the appearing of the Lord. And something really caught my heart. As you go through the book of Ezekiel, the Lord comes in a rushing mighty wind, is how it starts in Ezekiel chapter 1. Ain't that something? On the day of Pentecost, he come in a rushing mighty wind. Ezekiel sees a whirlwind. Go back and read Ezekiel 1. We're going to turn to Ezekiel 1 in a moment to part of it. But through that book of Ezekiel, he's moving, the Lord is, to his house. He's here at the end of the chapter. The Spirit of the Lord is moving into the house in the, in the appearance that Ezekiel saw of the glory of of the Lord, when the Lord first appeared to him in the beginning at the river Chabar. 
So let's go look how the Lord appeared to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 1. First verse 4, and then we're going to turn down to verse 26. Turn to Ezekiel 1. In verse 4, Ezekiel looked and saw a whirlwind. Here you go, a rushing wind, a whirlwind coming from the north. A great cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. This great cloud is all through the Old Testament. God filling the temple in a cloud. Here in Ezekiel, in the center of the fire was a gleam like amber. And within it was the form of four living creatures. All right, this is verse 4. So Ezekiel sees a great cloud coming as a whirlwind. Now in verse 26, verse 26, above the expanse over their heads was the likeness of the throne with the appearance of sapphire. And on the throne, high above was a figure like that of a man. So the appearance of the glory of the Lord is like that of a man. Listen to this. Now just, I'm going to keep reading here, but I want to remind you, it says the back in 43, but, and behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory, and it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw. All right, here's the vision he saw. The likeness of a throne, and on the throne high above it was a figure like that of a man. From what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a gleam like amber. Now, this ain't no ordinary man. He has a gleam like amber with what looked like fire within it all around. And from what seemed to be his waist down, I saw what looked like fire. And brilliant light surrounded him. So this man looked like fire from the waist up and fire from the waist down. The, the appearance of the brilliant light all around him was like that of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell face down and heard a voice speaking. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, Apostle John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, what thou seest, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, Asia and to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and to Theatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst, 
where, where does he see one at? In the midst of seven golden candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man. <laughs> Whom do men say I, the Son of Man, am? In the midst of the candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. So the appearance of the glory of the glory of the Lord was like unto a man. Ezekiel sees the appearance of the glory of the Lord fill the house of God, the temple of God in the book of Ezekiel. Here, John sees the glory of the Lord in the church. Goes on here, Revelation tells you the seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches of Asia. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks is one like the Son of Man. He's seeing the appearance of the glory of the Lord in the church. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That is how the Spirit of God comes into us. Is it is the, the, the Spirit of God just doesn't come in us anyway. He comes in us in accordance to Christ. He comes in us in the fullness of Christ. So the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ comes in us in the coming of the Spirit of the Lord. And that's why the Spirit of the Lord comes is to reveal in us the Word of Covenant. And the Word of Covenant is the Lord Jesus himself. He is this Word of Covenant. He himself is the Word that is written upon our heart and upon our mind. See, see we believe sometimes, and I believe this, that when God says he's going to write his law upon our hearts and our minds, we think he's going back and he's writing the Ten Commandments in our hearts and our minds. Well, see, the word of God fulfilled the Ten Commandments. Listen to me. The word of God fulfilled the Ten Commandments. Jesus fulfilled the law. Who's ever read he's fulfilled the law? Love fulfills the law. The Apostle Paul wrote that 
that love is the fulfillment of the law. Greater love have no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. So the word that's written in our heart and our mind is the Lord himself. He's written within us and we live according to him. That's how we live. Now, living according to him means we have the nature of him formed in us. That's why, that's why I, I, I said on the teaching I did uh, Saturday that the law is holy and good. There's nothing wrong with the law. But we couldn't fulfill the law. We, in our, on our best day, couldn't observe the law, couldn't do the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. Jesus fulfilled it. Jesus completed the law. So he is who's written within us with the spirit of God, with the finger of God. So in us, in our hearts and minds, Christ is revealed because he's written in us. Because the word of God is written. So what's in us is what the Spirit's revealing. Bible says we received of his fullness, right? So he's in us. So the Spirit of God is revealing him that is in us. This is why Jesus said is it, is, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come. But if I go away, the Father shall send him unto you. And Jesus said, I came forth from the Father and came into the world. And again, I leave the world and go back into the Father. The difference of when he came forth from the Father. He came forth from the Father with the work to be done. Okay? So he had a work to be done. When he, when he was born of a woman... Born under the law, he came forth with the work. Upon the cross, he said, what? It is finished. So he took a finished work back unto the Father. And then came in the form of the Spirit. So, so that's what Jesus is saying in John 14. My Father and I shall come. Well, how? Do they come? Do we have three different people of God coming and getting into us, or do we have the Spirit of God? <laughs> the Spirit of God. That's how Christ comes into you. God is Spirit. So now He's in you to reveal what was done in the Son that you live in that that's done in the Son. That, that, in fact, is our law. Our law is Christ. If we can hear it, what we live unto, and that's what Paul taught, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in him. He's our statutes. Just like Moses was called up into the mountain, and Moses received the law from God, and came down and declared the law to the people, what the Spirit of God is declaring to us is Christ Jesus the Lord. So he's what we live in. He's what we walk in.
We don't walk in the old covenant statues. We walk in him. And what he did, and again, I repeat this, he fulfilled them. Just like he fulfilled Passover, just like he fulfilled Pentecost, he's the fulfillment of the law. He that knew no sin became sin, that we would be made the righteousness of God in him. So what we do is we live unto him as the spirit of God reveals him to us. That's what Paul means when he says, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who gave himself for me. So as we're receiving that of the son of God, that's walking in faith. As we get a hold of it, as we live in it, that's, that's the walk of faith. We're living in the faith of the Son of God. We're living in what he has done as the Spirit of God declares him to us. And this is a continual relationship. So, so he's continually manifesting himself to us according to the work he's done and according to the glory that he has received in his resurrection. So, so now we're knowing him in his glory because God didn't come back in that Old Testament cloud to fill the Old Testament house. He came back in the Holy Spirit and he filled the house of God that you and I are. That's the house he filled. He filled the 120 on the day of Pentecost. He never was going back behind the veil again. He was never going back to do all those old covenant things again because a new and better way had come forth in the person of Christ. And now the spirit of God is living in us according to the new and better way that's in the person of Christ. So in Christ Jesus, we are made righteous. In Christ Jesus, we are made whole. A couple more scriptures and I'll stop tonight, but in Psalms 68, 18 says, Psalm 68, 18, and this is recorded also in the book of Ephesians. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. The reason he ascended on high was that what? The Lord God might dwell among them. Ephesians 4 tells us this. I believe it's chapter 4. He that descended is the same that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. So he descended and ascended with the work he had done. That's, that's how this is all fulfilled. That's how the Lord God dwells among us through the work Jesus Christ has done. So he that descended is the same that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. So God feels all things in us in Christ Jesus 
the Lord in Ezekiel 37:13 Ezekiel 37:13 He says then you my people will know that I am the Lord here's this again you will know I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. So I will put my spirit in you and you'll know and you'll live. That's when you live. When he puts his spirit in you. And you actually know that you live by Christ Jesus. That you actually have no life but him. That's how you live. That's the land you live in. You live in this place. <laughs> in Christ Jesus. Ye that were far away have God made nigh through the blood of Christ. And he brought you in and he built you upon the foundation of the prophets and apostles. Jesus Christ being the cornerstone that God would dwell in you by the Spirit. But he dwells in you according to this man that Ezekiel saw. And I believe if you search the Bible, you'll find out Daniel saw the man. And I believe there's hints of that gleaming metal in the book of Numbers or Deuteronomy. I mean, this thing's all through your Bible when you start looking for it. And it's fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And John makes it plain because he sees him in the midst of the church. And he says, he says he's got feet as burning brass. And I fell at his feet as dead. And we should know what that brass represented. It represented that old covenant, brave, old, old covenant brazen altar. That's where we died. When he died, we died with him. That's why he has feet as brass, because he touched the earth. His feet touched the earth. And in that place, we died. That's the judgment of death. Everyone that came there in that Old Testament temple faced the judgment of death. They had to lay their hands upon him. We have to lay our hands upon him. We have to receive him there in that place of death. And we grow up in him. That picture John sees is the picture of growing up in Christ. When he describes him there, you know, his head is and hairs as white as wool. His eyes is a flame of fire. When we grow up into the head and, and the flames of fire, John sees later on in the book of Revelation, the seven spirits of God as flames of fire. Glory to God. 
speaking of the fullness of God and the, and the white hair speaking of the wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of Christ. And that's what Paul says, that we would grow up in him in all wisdom, that we would grow up in him in all understanding, in all knowledge. We would understand him. This is our salvation. And this is the likeness of the appearance of the glory of the Lord that came on the day of Pentecost and filled the house. God came in his glory and filled the house in the person of Jesus Christ. He lives in us. We live in him. And that's how we live in him. Not male, female, Greek, or Jew, but we live in him as one with Christ. Lo, I come and dwell in the midst of thee, and they shall be joined to the Lord in that day. Well, I'll stop right here tonight, and we'll open it up to uh, Brother Bob.